1: You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. (laughs) Is that real or
0: Halloween? It Uh, is spooky season. Hi, cuties. I decided that I would go as your worst nightmare, which is me in a bob. It's a wig.
1: (laughs) I thought I was hoping that was the case. Mm -hmm. But last week or the week before, you talked about getting one. And I thought we decided you would just listen to me and not. But I got very nervous. Ah, Okay. Uh And if you're listening, like we did decide we would be in costumes today. So I should have known, but she likes to go rogue. (laughs) So I never really know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. So if you are not following along on the Patreon, (laughs) patreon.com slash I am the cute one. I am donning a Lisa Rinna wig. (laughs) I am being Donnie's worst nightmare. So just (sighs) kicking off spooky season in style.
1: And I said I'm going as Nev Campbell from the craft, but I don't think so. I think I just wanted to wear women's clothing.
0: (laughs) I think you look great.
1: Pamela Jason. And I have psoriasis. So I'm really in character. So if you couldn't tell, we are talking about the craft today. And to kick off spooky season, we thought we would present you with the scariest thing we could think of. And that is just an hour with just the two of us. No, guests.
0: <laughs> And if you can't tell, we're off to a great start. This is what happens when we don't have any social wheeling and dealing. You truly get like the most hinged version of us the most put together version of us the most like socially conscious version of us when we have a guest that like we really have to make sure doesn't log off mid recording every week so when we are without one toot toot, buckle up motherfuckers yeah
1: and the less hinged i am the more my lisp is obvious so i'm going to be nothing but slurs this episode well the f slur (laughs) and slurring my speech so yeah there we go so anyway (laughs) let's get into the movie before we get off the rails, we'll try to keep it on track for a little bit. So this movie was released May 3rd, 1996. Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey was number one on the radio.
0: <laughs>
1: That's the one. And uh, now I wish we had a guest so you wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah. And Twister and Mission Impossible were top of the box office. So
0: there was a heated debate recently in my home about Twister because, as we know, I do love a disaster film. Hmm. Dr. Bald, my husband – do I have to keep saying it? You guys know the deal by now. He was trying to say that Twister was a disaster film. And I was saying it's about a disaster, but it's not a disaster film. A disaster film is like the world is ending. Humans are probably to blame. We need to figure this out. Twister is like tornadoes. You know? Yeah.
1: And I'm on your side with this because disaster films, I feel like people are running away from something, but Twister, they were chasing it. Right. If anything, Helen Hunt was the disaster in that <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> the tornado good. was running away from her, not because she was bad. Love Helen. Hunt. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, this movie, like I said, came out in May. And it's always so crazy to me when Halloween movies come out not near Halloween because this came out in May. Scream came out in December. Hocus Pocus came out in July. I just don't get it because I, I think you are as well. But again, I never know with you after I'm a birthday monster. I am a Halloween goblin. Mm -hmm. You are as well. I am
0: as well. Quarantine, which is when we met, which is so weird. We've only known each other this short (laughs) while because I've just learned the deep depths of your soul that I really wish I hadn't. But (laughs) quarantine was different. And it was because I was just looking for joy. I was looking for that dopamine hit Mm. by any means necessary that I started celebrating Christmas, like basically in Halloween. But I am now back to my true self, which is I do love Halloween. I love spooky season. I love dressing up. I love the spookiness of it all. Yeah, I'm the same way as you. And I also do typically only save my scary movies for spooky season (laughs) because I'm also like a little baby bitch and I get scared. This movie was scary for me. No. Yes!
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm not that much of a baby bitch, but I am a baby bitch. And I think that's why I like watching scary movies at Halloween, because there's only a handful that I want to watch anyway. So, like, clumping them around Halloween is perfect. Yeah. So now a little background information. The movie was directed by Andrew Fleming, who also directed, you might recognize this name, Dick. (gasps) I know. And they directed nine episodes of Insatiable, 11 episodes of Younger, and 11 episodes of Emily in Paris. So I would say he always has his finger on the pulse of, like, young viewers, but he also directed four episodes of the Michael J. Fox show, so maybe not. Mm. (laughs) It was written by Andrew Fleming, who also directed it, and written by Peter Filardi, and Peter Filardi also wrote Flatliners, which... I saw during quarantine and I hated it. It was a snooze.
0: Never heard of it in my life.
1: <laughs> the budget, it cost $15 million to make and it made $25 million worldwide. Oh, like, good. I don't know if making $10 million on a movie is good or bad. I'm lucky if I have $2 in my bank account. I... Would never talk to anyone again if I made ten million (laughs) dollars.
0: Cool. Good to know. (laughs) Noted. Great. Well. Yeah. I think at this point, I don't think anybody is tuning into I am the cute one for like our expert knowledge on the subject. I would hope. So, you know, I think ten million, God bless. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: great. Also, I would like to point out that normally a guest like educates us when we don't know things. Oh, shit. So, this is when a guest would be like, Well, 10 million in the movie world is blah, blah, blah. But we'll have to wait next week. <laughs> yeah. The tagline for the movie is never a good one. Welcome to the witching hour.
0: <laughs> Boo. I know. Okay. So, we may not be experts. We may not be good at facts or knowing things, or in my case, knowing any person in Hollywood <laughs> ever. But How do we get a job doing taglines? Because I think both of us could really thrive in that arena.
1: So Robin Tooney, who played Sarah, wore a wig while filming this movie because she was still bald from shooting Empire Records. Wow. Feruza Bach became so enthralled with Panpipes Magical Marketplace, which I guess is the place where they shot the magic scene. We'll say it is. But she became so enthralled with that magic store that she bought the store and owned it until 2001. That's kind of cool. That is awesome. If she still owned it, I would go on a field trip, but she doesn't, so I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Two more things. In 2017, Andrew Fleming, who you may recall directed and wrote it, stated that Charmed ripped off this movie because he wrote a pilot based on the movie with, he wanted... How soon is now to be the title theme, which is the Charmed theme song. So the pilot was not picked up. And then a year later, Charmed premiered using that song.
0: Okay, this might be the best trivia you've ever brought to the table. Because literally, I texted you when I heard the Charmed theme song. (laughs) I feel like the proof is in the pudding there. That is too many coincidences. But also, thank you, Charmed, for ripping off of this movie, because I love you. (laughs)
1: Rochelle's original plot in the script was that she suffered from an eating disorder. But when Rachel True was cast, the script was changed to incorporate racism instead.
0: Fun. Which
1: at first she said she did not know about and she was not thrilled. She showed up to set and it was a different script. But then she said in the long run, she thinks the movie like means more now that that was her plot line. So that's nice. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Dr. Bald was watching a documentary about Black characters in horror movies. Mm. And she was one of the people that had like a talking head during the documentary. And they were just talking about the themes within and like using black characters as like you know like the first to die and this was an instance where she was very much like the token black girl but she still Mm -hmm. had a central theme and an important message and that was very much not of the times in the
1: 90s that is good news like her saying that however i do know that like comic cons and stuff treated her like shit because they would bring in the other three for panels and stuff and she wasn't included until two years ago which is disgusting that's so fucked up so fucked up Anyway, before we move on to the movie, what character, if any, do you identify as?
0: So this movie, number one, it's very anti-witch. I know by the end it's not, but like as Mm. somebody who grew up just wanting to be a witch, I think (laughs) the general message eventually turns into like, you can be a witch, just like use your power for good. But for a while there, I was like, hmm. Okay. Also, we're supposed to be rooting for this like whiny bitch who literally has any wish in the world and chose to make a moderately hot douchebag like her. Also, everybody is terrible. So this is like one of the hardest times I've had in terms of like trying to pick somebody because I'm a terrible person, but not really. (laughs) So I... Ultimately went with Nev Campbell because I also like to ask incredibly intrusive and personal questions when I first meet somebody. I also don't wash my hair enough and toe the line between like moisturized and just straight up greasy the way she does. Was
1: that a plot point? Or are you just talking
0: about Nev Campbell's hair,
1: like I did two weeks ago and but got yelled at? She's in this
0: movie, Donnie.
1: She's in this movie. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I am like Nev Kimball's character because I will go to dangerous lengths for a good skincare routine. So, you know...
1: Her. All right, I see that. I also said I was Nev Campbell as the kitty Snow. I do have psoriasis, so I love when I have representation in films because psoriasis is a disease not talked about <laughs> enough. You know, only Kim K. and Leanne Rhimes and myself. It's like
0: the trifecta of psoriasis right there: <laughs> the father, son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Which one am I? We'll never tell. I am the cute one is now looking for sponsors. If you have a business you'd like to promote, email I am the cute one podcast at gmail.com to inquire about rates and packages. But then I'm also Nancy because, like, power hungry, and I think I would go a little rogue if I felt the others weren't doing it the right way. So maybe I'm more of Nancy just with Nev Campbell's skin. <laughs> So, this is the part of the show where we would ask our guests to give a one minute synopsis, but we don't have a guest. So, I pulled it from the back of the DVD case okay. instead. So, it says Sarah has always been different. So, as the newcomer at St. Benedict's Academy, she immediately falls in with the high school outsiders. But these girls won't settle for being a group of powerless misfits. They have discovered the craft and they'll use it. Done, done, done. But like nobody calls it the craft in the movie, so it's fine if that's the name of the movie, but we don't need to write it in the episode description. (laughs) Relax. (laughs) After clearly not having their house inspected or looking into the crime rate of their new neighborhood, Sarah Bailey and her father move to L.A. where their roof is leaking and a homeless man enters her home with a snake.
0: (laughs) I do have to acknowledge I do not have a homeless man entering my home with a snake. Thank (laughs) you for protecting me, universe, against that. However. You know, Donnie, I am in home ownership hell right now. PSA, cuties, if you are thinking about buying a home, don't. It is an MLM scheme brought to us by Boomers. It is a myth. It is a legend. It is something that has been taught to us as something that we need to do. No please don't I have a furnace that is just taunting me daily it is older than me it is watching it is waiting it knows that winter is coming and it knows that it's gonna fuck up my life at some point so watching these people move Mm. into this house with a leaky roof I was just like oh you know what I can't even make fun of this because this is me I
1: mean it was a beautiful home. besides the fact it didn't have a roof did you see a preview for the watcher on Netflix Speaking of homeownership, hell. No. I told my friend to watch it and she literally just bought a house. She's moving in today. She's like, I'm not watching that. Are you crazy? Because it's a true story about this family that lives in the suburbs. And then they get this unlabeled mail in their mailbox. That's like, my family has been watching this house for generations. And now it's my turn. And I demand you to bring fresh blood into this house. It looks so good. (laughs) I can't wait. Jennifer Coolidge plays the realtor. It looks Scary as hell. That's why I rent. I'll never buy a house.
0: Oh my God, my soul just <laughs> fell into my butthole. I'm thinking about my furnace. There could be somebody watching me right now. Jesus. They're
1: going to write you a letter that says, Get a new furnace.
0: I've been watching this house for 60 <laughs> years. It's fucking time.
1: I do know that this is early into the recording and this is a stretch, but I think unless we ever cover an episode of Full House on the Patreon, this may be our best opportunity to discuss weird neighbors we've had.
0: Oh. Do you have
1: one? Well, growing up, my neighbor like eventually went to jail for drugs, I think. But before he was in jail and I was a little boy... This is like traumatic. One time I took the trash out and he was waiting by the trash can in an old lady mask. And I think that's like, like I think that is why I am truly afraid of like everything. Because here I was doing a chore I didn't even want to do. I ran down probably in my underwear and flip flops. I was like eight years old. And then there was a teenage boy in an old lady mask sitting by my trash can. It was terrifying.
0: (laughs) Okay, I don't want to diminish your trauma. That's so scary. (laughs) when you started that story, he went to jail eventually, and I was a little boy. Mm. I really thought we were going down a dark path. Yeah,
1: I warned us it's traumatic as well.
0: (laughs) Of all the stories you've told, I'm glad you gave trigger warnings on that one, Donnie. So,
1: (laughs) at her new school, three freaks that you would have been friends with in school. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? No. Known as the bitches of Eastwick are looking for a force to complete their circle, which... (laughs) I've seen this request a lot on Grindr and I always ignore it. But now that I know they're just looking for someone to find ultimate power and not for someone to watch them fist their partner, I may be more so inclined. (laughs) Johnny. <laughs> so they're looking for a fourth, and luckily for the girls, Sarah has no problem using her magic in public, and she makes a pencil stand up in French class. So Nev Campbell knows that they found their girl.
0: Okay, number one, I may have been friends with the freaks, but Sarah intentionally opted out of watching daytime television to attend school early. Nerd alert. So this seems like someone you would-be friends with Donnie, just to (laughs) clarify. Number two, do you remember the broom challenge? Where it was like everybody was just sticking their broom upright? I love that Nev Campbell saw her like doing the pencil (laughs) version of that and was like, there's our fourth, let's go. like Sarah
1: is irresponsible with her magic, almost as much as Sabrina. Sabrina was turning Libby into pigs in the hallway and stuff. (laughs) Pineapples. Yeah, pointing that finger at anyone that'll look at her. So Sarah on her first day of school... Maybe shouldn't have been doing that.
0: We learn later, like, she knows what she's doing, too. It's not like an oopsie-daisy. She's like, oh, I'm bored. Let me just dig this pencil in via eyeball penetration.
1: (laughs) But she truly was irresponsible with her magic, even though she knew what she was doing. So I do want to ask you, we knew you were a witch or whatever in high school, which should have, quite frankly, made everyone know you were bisexual as well, but... (laughs) If you leaned in and went full Hogwarts, what kind of witch do you think you would be? Like, I think I know, but would you like study so you could really be a good witch or would you just do whatever the fuck you want? I
0: think a little bit of both. I think I definitely would not be the type of witch who like brews potions because you've seen my cooking. So, like, anything that has to do with like measuring ingredients, like, Mm. no, not for me. I would want to have a mentor, but I would want a mentor that's like kind of like Haymitch from The Hunger Games. Ah, That's kind of just like rogue. That's going to like give me wisdom, kind of let me do whatever I actually want to do. But I also, like, I did always find it very glamorous in Harry Potter when they would, like, go to the Astronomy Tower to study. So I think I would be, like, a vibey witch. Like, even if the okay. accessories weren't necessary to perform a spell, I'd still rock them. Like, broom, yes. Wand, yes. Chic little pointed hat, yes. Like, I would have all from of my accessories <laughs> to make sure everybody around me knew I was a witch.
1: I get it. I would definitely study, but you may recall that, like, In high school, all school actually, I waited till the last minute to do projects Mm -hmm. and then still got A's on them, but like I was a night before bitch. So I think I would do that with witchcraft as well. So there would definitely be room for error. Like I would probably kill people by accident, but (laughs) not maliciously, only because like if I have to do the spell on a Friday, I'm not reading that spell book till Thursday night.
0: Okay. This I think is the difference between me and you though, is I don't know if I would be doing spells that could accidentally kill people you know what i mean like i think i might be doing spells that are like you know abundance or like Mm. clear up a zit i'm not trying to like seek revenge
1: on people oh that yeah that would probably be our biggest difference um and i think that like how that lady that owned the store is like there's no black magic or white magic there's just magic and it depends who uses it like my mood fluctuates often Mm -hmm. so like today it might be white magic but in three hours it might be black magic and if I'm doing the same spell I might want you to love me now but when I say love me because nobody else will love you that means everyone that loves you is going to drop dead and I didn't mean that I just did it by accident
0: okay When you said you were Nancy, I think that is true. Let's keep it moving, please.
1: So Nancy, funny you should bring her up, the unofficial leader of the group, is just a bitch for no reason and doesn't welcome Sarah into the group at first. But she warms up to her just in time to go shoplifting at a store for spells and stuff, where the owner of the store tells her she's a natural witch whose power comes from within. And as they're leaving, the homeless man from earlier shoves his snake in Sarah's face. That's not a euphemism, (laughs) by the way. And this time tells her he had a dream that she died. And that is a crazy thing to tell somebody. Yes. Um, However. (laughs) No. No, I never said that. But in high school, the craziest thing I said to someone, because this scene had me thinking. The craziest thing I ever said to somebody in high school after a choir concert, I told this girl, (laughs) oh, you looked homely at the concert last night. (laughs) No, I said, my friend said you looked homely at the concert last night.
0: Oh, well, thank God. Thank God that that's the
1: clarification. (laughs) No, it makes it worse because my friend knew what it meant and I repeated it. Whereas if I would have said it and didn't know what it meant, that would have been one thing. But like somebody said that about this girl and meant it. And then I repeated it because I didn't know what it meant.
0: Did you really not know what it meant?
1: No, I thought it meant like you feel at home, like she makes you feel like good and you feel like a hug and stuff like that. So I was like, my friend said you looked homely at the concert last night. (laughs) And then the teacher was like, daddy! (laughs) And I said, what? And she's like, do you know what that means? And then I repeated that and she's like, no, it practically means ugly.
0: (laughs) Practically, it (laughs) it literally means ugly. Okay, well, I kind of love that let's take the word homely back
1: yeah.
0: also <laughs> jesus jesus christ every week i don't think we can get dumber and every week cuties why are you still listening thank you for listening i pray for your soul i hope for therapy but we are dumb as shit to not know homely donnie let's be fair
1: i am old as a hill and that was in high school time has passed i'm dumb in a new way now I like wearing a wig because now I can actually tuck hair behind my ear instead of pretending Uh every week.
0: Maybe you should bring wigs into the equation every week.
1: Isn't it fun? It is fun. So the girls don't like the way this homeless man is talking to Sarah and they manifest that he'll be hit by a car. And the power of manifestation works. Because he is. So then they educate Sarah on the source of their powers, Manon. And Nancy says, it's the trees. It's the rocks. It's the ground. It's the moon. It's everything. Okay,
0: number one. If somebody is out there with an Excel sheet, add this to the list of 90s movies where someone gets hit by a car. Because it was everywhere. Like, this was a big issue in the 90s getting hit by cars.
1: You're right. Number
0: two. Speaking of murder, did I ever tell you about my soccer coach who ended up on the ID channel because she murdered her husband?
1: I think that would stay to the front of my mind.
0: So when I was very young, this is like five, six years old, when I first began my sports playing journey, I had a soccer coach who my mom literally said she got the vibe from this woman that she wanted to, like, skin my mother and wear her skin. She used to make comments to my mom all the time being like, oh my gosh, you have the perfect husband and the perfect life and the perfect kids and you even have the perfect dog. (laughs) She gave my mom just such weird vibes and then weirdly which there's a lot of weirdness to the story i was sick like just had the flu or something so i was up in the middle of the night with a fever and my mom was watching the id channel <laughs> as one does i guess as you're like third grader has hallucinations from a fever you're just gonna put on a murder show and they had like a reenactment when they started putting up the pictures my mom was like holy shit this was your soccer coach <gasps> it was this whole like Basically, episode of Snapped where this woman who ended up being my soccer coach, she took her husband to this murder mystery no. B. They sat through the murder mystery dinner. She brought him up to the B. She gave him cyanide or some sort no. of poison, killed him, and then like lit a cigarette and burned their huh. room down. But then huh. when they did the autopsy, there was no smoke in his lungs. <sighs> so her whole thing was that he had been smoking the oh. cigarette. He was drunk. He fell asleep. And then the whole place burned down. But he had no smoke in his lungs because he had already been dead. Uh. My mom, to this day, falls asleep to, like, those murder shows. My dad's like, if I ever perish... She has been studying her craft for a long
1: time. Okay, that is crazy Sorry, number one. Number two, let's find that episode of Snapped or whatever and cover it on the Patreon. Okay. And number three, that, I don't know how to say it, is kind of iconic <laughs> because my biggest dream, not to be anyone involved, like I don't want to be the victim or the killer, but like a real murder out of Murder Mystery is like Donnie. top tier bucket list.
0: Donnie.
1: I didn't know it really happened. It always happens on TV.
0: Okay. But you host like intimate murder mysteries with your no, friends. No, it wouldn't be
1: ones with my friends. It would be like if Quinn and I go to one at a bed and breakfast and they're strangers and then like an old lady dies. Okay. <laughs> or someone in an old lady mask.
0: <laughs> and then they reveal a the mask <laughs> and it's your neighbor who just got out of jail.
1: Oh, uh, this is why we need a uh-huh. guest. Okay. Go
0: on. Where are we? What are we covering? Let's go. I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more.
1: There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes.
0: That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See
1: you there. So later, Sarah is hanging out with Skeet Ulrich. And when she turns down the invitation to go home with him, he spreads it around school that they did have sex and she was bad in bed. And she quickly learns that he did the same thing to Nancy in the past. He's just a terrible... Chelsea's hand is up.
0: (laughs) This is the guy from Scream, right?
1: Yeah. I literally said his real name, not even the character name. So... Uh Uh-huh, that would be him.
0: I recognized him, because he had his little spiky teeth and his giant Death face, so I recognized him. (laughs) So
1: you knew three people from this movie, then? Oh, I'm nervous to ask.
0: Nev Campbell.
1: Uh Uh-huh. This This guy. guy. Uh Uh-huh.
0: The girl that committed the sexual assault. Oh, yeah, uh uh-huh. Almost famous. uh, Yeah, uh uh-huh. Nancy. Oh, and then Empire Records, four.
1: Okay. Moving on, we'll teach you another one. So (laughs) I asked the cuties what rumors were spread about them. One of the people said, a rumor was spread that I was in a sex ring amongst employees. I was not. And I was honestly (sighs) insulted. I wasn't. Okay,
0: can I tell you a wild story? Uh, Of course. Okay, so Dr. Bald's Nana is in a nursing home facility right now. (laughs) And his mom is a fucking Badass. His mom and his aunt, and they literally call his aunt Aunt Bubbles. Aunt <laughs> Bubbles and Dr. Bald's mom. You never want to fucking cross these sisters. These two could like conquer the world. Mm. They knew something was amok at this nursing home. It turns out the new director had this whole weird like sex ring operation <gasps> of no, sex ring is the wrong word. Orgy situation of these like side employees where they got to do whatever they wanted because they had these sex parties. And there was like a split between the nursing staff of like the people who did their jobs and were like very good and the people who participated in these like orgy parties and got to like clock in late and show up whenever and they like got all the ins and outs and then they (laughs) blew the whistle and Nana is in good care now. But this was like going on for so many months. And then all these families came forward and were like, thank you. Like we knew something was up. We couldn't piece it together. But there were these like sex parties. And if you took place in it, it was like giving you permission to just like, oh, I'm not going to come in that day or I'm not going to do this. And this is also like it's fucked up. It's like a assisted living facility. Like you should be doing your job. But isn't that fucking wild?
1: (laughs) That is, I think, the craziest thing I've ever heard. I've never been part of true crime before. Because I haven't been to that murder mystery yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, what did the other cuties have to say? Oh, wow.
1: Nothing that compares to that. Sorry, anyone who's... Well, actually, this one story was so good that not only the person reported about themselves, but then her friend didn't know that. And she came in and said it too. So the real story is that she was rumored to be in Girls Gone Wild in high school. So then her friend came and said, this is not about me. This is my friend in high school who everyone said was in Girls Gone Wild. (laughs) So then I messaged the original girl. I said, is this about you? And she's like, oh my God, it is. That's my friend. (laughs) So the friend is contributing to that rumor, even to this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the rumor I started in high school, but I thought it was real. I didn't think I was spreading a rumor. I used to watch the porn awards on, like, whatever Showtime channel that was. And I thought I saw my math teacher there. And I told everyone. And then I even, like... <laughs> recorded it on VHS and showed my friends. They were like, that is not him. I was like, yes, it is. That man has cigarettes in his back pocket and our teacher has cigarettes in his back pocket. Well, I mean, I wasn't only looking at his butt pocket, but his face looked the same too, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, so back to the movie. <laughs> we learned that Skeet Ulrich isn't the only piece of shit in the school because Marsha Brady, who, Chelsea, did you know that this was Marsha Brady?
0: Okay, yes, I did know. Well,
1: you didn't say her when I well, asked Well, her you here. know,
0: Christine Applegate, right? <laughs> Yeah, I've learned my lesson, Donnie. (laughs) She learned. Now, did I Google perhaps? But no, I just wanted to make sure before I was like, "Oh, it's (laughs) Marsha Brady," and then you're like, "No, it's Christine Applegate this time." (laughs) Donnie, face blindness is a real affliction. Me and Brad Pitt are going to take it to Congress one Mm. day together.
1: And I'm going to protest outside. But Marsha Brady is a piece of shit. However, she is of the racist variety. And she terrorizes Rochelle about her hair texture, among other things. Horrible. Horrible. So it appears we've reached the, this is the terrible thing each of these girls must suffer through part of the movie. Because Nev Campbell gets a painful surgery to remove the burn marks that cover her entire body. And am I dumb, (laughs) Chelsea? I mean, yes, but did I not pay attention? Do they say why she is a full burn victim. They talk about like what's happened to her in childhood, but
0: I even googled. Yeah. I thought I missed it, oh. but no. It was just like, <laughs> oh, by the way, we've all been through things. I got burned very badly.
1: Very badly.
0: I have so many questions. Why was she awake during the <gasps> surgery? Like it's clearly like a surgery that is like very new. This is experimental. This has not been done a lot. Why is she awake? The doctor says, try to relax. Bitch, you are (laughs) zapping away my burns with a needle. Like, this isn't even, like, what they do when they're removing a tattoo. There is a needle going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. She's just like, you know what? Just relax. Just chill. This doctor needs to get her license revoked. (laughs) And then also, I mean, jumping ahead and we'll get there. But like, you know, this bitch is going to take credit for healing this girl. Oh, yeah. This whole situation. I'm like, this is actually why I don't go to the doctor.
1: I don't go either, I know. so I'm with you because this is witchcraft that heals her. But then there will be other people with burns who that get go this surgery get stabbed with needles and it doesn't do anything.
0: Stab, 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 oh stab! Oh my god! So she's wiping away. She's like, it worked last time, I swear. <laughs> yeah,
1: because Nev Campbell's burns after they heal, it's just Elmer's glue on her. Like that is all she's peeling off. But other people, she's gonna like peel boils off of them, and they'll be screaming. She's
0: gonna be like, just relax.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the self-proclaimed weirdos go on a field trip to a literal field where they chant and threaten to stab each other before drinking each other's blood out of a cup. Then they ask the spirits or whoever for their biggest dreams to be granted. Revenge against racists, ability to love herself more and be loved by others, better skin for Nev Campbell, and for Nancy, the powers of Manon. Um, what would you wish for if you drank my blood?
0: Probably just <laughs> healing from our podcast in
1: general.
0: (laughs) Also, maybe again, a new furnace. I don't know. Riches and happiness in life. Maybe not just good skin. Good skin. Yes. But I don't know if that would be like my only wish.
1: No, like I would wish all of their wishes combined. Like I want power, money, good skin, a boy to love me. I mean, that already happens, but (laughs) everything they wish should be one wish together. I think this is the
0: issue I have with the characters is we have very different levels of wishing right now. And I think it has to do with you only have yourself to blame. Mm -hmm. If we're wishing for good skin, we're wishing for people to not be racist towards you. Okay, that's a big one. (laughs) Yeah. If we're wishing for... A boy to love us. Okay. And then we're wishing for just like the pure power of the most powerful being. Those are different (laughs) levels. You know what I mean? Like maybe if we're wishing for this, we can all just wish for the power of Maynall. And then we'll take that power and then we'll just do what we want with it. You know? That's
1: true. But Nancy was like quiet about her. But
0: that's fucked up. That's not a good friend to be like, okay, so Mm. we're going to cut our fingers and we're going to drink our blood and we can wish for whatever. And then that's like us all thinking we're all like operating under the same rules. And then Mm. somebody being like, and I wish for infinite wishes. And it's like, bitch, if this was an option.
1: Uh, Chelsea, I disagree with you. (gasps) (laughs) Because why aren't they thinking that already? Like that's on them.
0: This is the Nancy in you. (laughs) That if I wish for good skin and then you wished for like power and wealth and prosperity and then you get yeah. that ten thousand dollars and never speak to me again
1: you're like well that's on you first of all I said ten million I would still talk to you for ten thousand
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> price point what is the amount of money that would make you stop talking to me
1: okay now here's the question is it offered to me and they say like here's ten million but you can never speak to Chelsea again or is it how much money will like change me where I just Drop everyone I ever met. What's the question? Both. The first one, 10 million does sound nice. I would write you a letter, though. I <laughs> would say like, hey, I will send you a check in the mail with my photo so you know what I look like. But 10 million? Chelsea, I would hope you took it. <laughs> but
0: you would send me a check. Yeah. How much?
1: <laughs> we can talk about that with our lawyer. Uh,
0: that tells me not enough. <laughs> and the
1: second one. I don't think there's a price point of how much I would make before I changed. I think that one, I would still talk to you no matter how rich I was Thank because you. I do think I am nice enough. I'm not nice enough of a person where if 10 million was offered to me on the spot tax free, of course, where I would still talk to you, but I do think I'm nice enough where, however, like, famous or rich or whatever I get, I'll bring people up with me. So, like, we have this podcast, and we'll just be at a better level.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Love to know that.
1: So it turns out the blood-drinking work, because Skeet Ulrich is obsessed with Sarah and does whatever she asks. Nev Campbell is practically a Neutrogena model, because she's clean, clear, and under control and feeling herself.
0: I love that they basically, like, washed her hair and put brown (laughs) lipstick on her, and they were like, oh my god, she's hot. She has always been Nev Campbell. But it
1: It was inner demons, Chelsea. Okay,
0: I guess. She had
1: a back full of, like, that was rough to look at. That
0: was rough, (laughs) but, like, she's always had Nev Campbell's face, though.
1: (laughs) That's true. And on top of all that, Marsha Brady's hair falls out, leaving her looking like Ben Franklin in a one-piece bathing suit. (laughs) She did, Chelsea. Just on the sides, which... I don't know how you wear wigs every week. This is a good time for me to take this off. We'll say I'm doing Marsha Brady cosplay, but I just <laughs> cannot. I was sweating behind my ears. Oh, now I look like a <laughs> like a lumberjack Mormon. I didn't um, even notice you were wearing <laughs> suspenders before. Uh-huh, see? <laughs> this is kind of a look. To prove to themselves they're powerful, if those things weren't enough, they do light as a feather, stiff as a board on Rochelle, and it works. And this... I've never done in my whole life, and even watching the scene made me nervous. I do not fuck with the devil.
0: (laughs) I had a... Very different reaction to you <laughs> to this scene. The first time I watched this movie, I was so jealous during the like, oh my god, becoming a witch is fun <laughs> movie montage. Okay, first of all, I love when you can tell that Sarah fully commits to being one of the gang when she starts wearing a vest and dressing like one of the <laughs> indigo girls for no reason. But I also like specifically middle school, but middle school and high school years, I led all sorts of creepy shit. I did this seance. I did the light as a feather, stiff as a board. I also did that, like, hyperventilating underworld thing.
1: What is that?
0: So all of this took place at sleepovers (laughs) before I would inevitably go home. (laughs) The hyperventilating thing is like, you would literally go like, ha, 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 Like, you would, like, go up and down, up and down, and then somebody would, like, choke you out, and then you would pretend to be, please, cuties, if you did this, please let me know, because if this was just a very specific, like, northern Maryland thing that took place in the early aughts, I'd like to also know that. But it was like, you would, like, bend over, you would, like, get really tired, somebody would choke you out, and then you would, like, see the spirit world. But, of course, I'm me, so I would just, like, put on a show, so I'd be like grandma, is that you? And then I would be like talking and like moaning. And I would like come to and it'd be like a whole performance. So I would do all of that. And then I'd be like, all right, mom, it's 3am. It's time to go.
1: Well, you probably made the right decision going home because you brought demons into that house. (laughs) So that's good. But what did people who weren't performing do like what was the point of that exercise
0: so they would like ask questions and then and then it got really crazy because then it was like oh i'm so good at the underworld that then i would like bring in my understudies so then they would like get hyperventilated and choked out (laughs) <laughs> At the same time, they would like put us on opposite sides of the basement because, you know, it's Maryland. So we're always in the basement of some place. So then we're like we have our eyes closed and we'd like find each other and we'd be like, is that you, Lauren? It's basically it was like it was my introduction to improv, improv. but with my eyes closed because it would be like, yes, Anding," okay. like, oh, I see the wrath of hell. Oh, the devil. He's so sexy. Oh, he is sexy. Isn't he?"
1: Like, <laughs> so everybody yeah. that got choked out knew this was it. Right.
0: But we never admit it. No, no, no.
1: But like, there's no point of it. Right. No,
0: there's no point except to like, we're going to be the center of attention at the sleepover for the next 15 to hopefully (laughs) 25 minutes. But Donnie, we go back and forth. Would we be friends? Would we not be friends? If we were at a sleepover together in seventh grade and I decided you were going to get choked out, we would put on the performance of a fucking lifetime.
1: Let's do it when we go away in a week.
0: (gasps) Let's do it when we have a live show.
1: Oh, okay. Let's pretend
0: to get choked out and just summon the underworld together. Myself? (laughs) Well, I mean, TBD, you know?
1: (laughs) Or we can just tape myself up on the wall like my teacher.
0: Oh, no, no.
1: (laughs) So all of that happens. And unfortunately for Nancy, she's still white trash. So not for long, though, because Then her stepfather dies unexpectedly and she and her mother receive his $175,000 pension, which Chelsea, I would still talk to you for this amount of money. But while Nancy and her mother may be happy, the happiest person has to be the owner of the magic shop because now Nancy doesn't need to shoplift anymore. So she purchases a book to invoke the spirits against the warnings of the owner and the girls get to work immediately (laughs) This scene was a lot. A
0: lot. But also, some of this liability comes on the shop owner itself because she sold them a super, super powerful and scary book for $25. Yeah,
1: and she's like, don't do it. Yeah,
0: don't do it. Like, if you have to wait till you're 18 to buy cigarettes, like, maybe there can be some sort of loophole with a cult-adjacent Tom Fool.
1: There's a curtain that these girls are not allowed to go behind, and this book to summon men is not even back there. This scene, though, where she walks on water and they summon men out and stuff... This is neither here nor there, but I'm 98% sure this is the same beach from the beginning of I Know What You Did Last Summer.
0: I think it's the same beach as old.
1: (laughs) Well, you know I didn't see it. (laughs) So after the little spell mix, every shark and whale in the area washes shore. Sarah starts to think maybe all of this is a bad idea. Now, I cannot talk about whales without talking about in middle school, and this is probably the most chaotic segue I've ever done, but in middle school, my class went on a whale watch trip, and I was too poor to go but in preparation for the whale watch trip we watched voyage of the mimi which was ben affleck's first role ever and it was about a whale watch trip and he was a little boy on it with like this deaf woman and his grandpa i don't i don't really know it's just all these like whale watchers Uh and then at one point they get hypothermia and i learned how to cure it is you have to get naked and get in a sleeping bag and like ben affleck and this old (laughs) deaf lady were (laughs) naked in a sleeping bag together
0: okay you grew up in pennsylvania where was the whale watching
1: i think they went to new hampshire or maine or something
0: okay i only ever got to go to like medieval times and ripley's believe it or not
1: hence only the rich kids went i didn't go
0: why was voyage of mimi the like prerequisite (laughs) course no
1: you know like field trips have to be educational in some way maybe we so, could like see
0: a planet earth <laughs> maybe we could like read some books about whales we
1: learned about whales but then like to make it interesting for the kids who were too poor to go on the trip we got to watch a ben affleck movie where he got oh, naked. oh,
0: oh. okay so they went on the whale watching trip and you got to watch the voyage No, No,
1: they got to do both
0: well then that's just fucked up it
1: is So anyway, besides Beach whales and Skeet Ulrich being full-on obsessed with her, Sarah is second-guessing all of this in fear that it will come back threefold. But the others are not having it. So Sarah leans in and goes on a date with Skeet Ulrich, where he attempts to assault her. But she gets away and runs to her coven in tears. And Nancy decides it's time for revenge. So she shapeshifts into Sarah and begins to mess with his mind. But when he calls her jealous, she has a full breakdown of whatever sanity was left and uses magic to push him out of the window
0: <laughs> i don't really have much to say except nancy's the fucking worst
1: i think she's the worst because i don't think she would have done that if he didn't call her jealous i think if sarah wouldn't have walked in she would have just fucked them
0: oh 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah
1: yeah so that's where he did deserve to be pushed out of that window but nancy is a devil woman literally and I also realized in this scene that she looks like. Well, <laughs> before you call me a terrible person, do you think she looks like anybody? Uh, no. <laughs> I think she looks like Timmy from *Passions*, the doll. <laughs> when she did this monologue. <laughs> That is when I saw it. During this whole movie, I know that she was Dorothy in Return to Oz or whatever. So I have seen her as a little girl. But I was like, she looks like somebody. She looks like somebody. And as somebody with a child face. And I don't know who. And then when she was like crazy in the scene, I gasped. Because I was like, oh my God, it's the doll from Passage.
0: <laughs> and you know what's so bad about this? What? I can't say you're wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fully right. I knew. Jesus. Because I was... Paying very close attention the whole movie to figure it out. And then, with 15 minutes left, that's when it finally happened.
0: Glad we got to the bottom of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Ugh, we'll solve any crime by dinner time. That's a throwback, folks. So, Sarah has had enough, and she uses gift wrap ribbon from AC Moore to bind Nancy's powers. It appears it doesn't work, though, as the other three haunt her dreams and stalk her at school, where they warn her that in the old days, when a witch betrayed her coven, they would kill her. Okay. Or it turns out in 1996, they just fuck with her mind at the very least, because that night Sarah finds out her dad died in a plane crash while her home is infested by snakes, maggots, scorpions, vermin, and the worst, pest of all, Nancy, who <laughs> tells Sarah she won't rest until she unalives herself. Now I'm saying that and not the real word because I don't want people to report us. Chelsea is barely breathing. <laughs>
0: Barely barely breathing and I don't even know if I can say I'm barely breathing without getting reported <laughs> well, on it so Instagram you're seeing that Duncan this is where it starts getting very spooky for me and I've seen this movie plenty of times. I loved witches I've seen this movie and every time I do at this point get it gets a little spooky for me
1: I agree but it's like buffy spooky like this is TV spooky to me. So when the girls start chanting and a suicide note appears, Sarah realizes it's time to take action. And she invokes the spirits herself, making Nev Campbell and Rochelle see themselves as Freddy Krueger and Angelica Cynthia Doll. So this is enough for them to check out. So our final showdown is between Sarah and Nancy, where Nancy learns quickly she is in deep shit. But our old gal goes down swinging until Sarah finally binds her and the rest of the coven's powers. So Sarah has all the powers of Manal. Her dad is still alive. It was just a trick. Nev Campbell and Rochelle learn to watch their mouths after a tree branch almost crushes them. And Nancy is in a mental institution. Life is good. Praise Praise (laughs) Manon.
0: Praise him. Or her or them. them.
1: It's everything. Mm-hmm.
0: The trees, the roots, the grass, <laughs> the sky, the clouds.
1: <sighs> what a good movie.
0: Happy spooky season. Yeah. Final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would be cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be?
1: You go first.
0: Okay. So Sarah <laughs> starts like a witch school for wayward, weirdo teenage girls. And the bitches of Eastwick have been biding their time. They've been finding a way to earn back their powers. They broke Nancy out of the hospital and they are on their way for revenge. And I want you to think like Gossip Girl, but more murder. Ooh. But like a CW
1: show. I love that. Okay, so I want to really quick talk about the real remake. It was so bad. It was Very woke, but like in a way where it was forced. It was probably written by men. It was about this girl who this, I think it was her teacher or something. Some man hated her. And the whole point of the movie was him trying to kill her and take her powers. And then you find out at the end she's so powerful because nancy is her mom but nancy was assaulted in the insane asylum and got pregnant with her so then she gave the baby up to one of the doctors so the doctor raised the baby as her own but really she's nancy's baby (laughs) it was terrible but even though it was terrible i would like to keep the idea that nancy had the baby And move into like, we'll ignore everything else about the second movie, Mm -hmm. but I do want to keep Nancy having a baby and have it be where Sarah had tried to move on. And then for whatever reason, her life becomes intertwined with the daughters and Nancy has to decide if she wants revenge or if she'll be a good mother.
0: I love that. Thank
1: you. We can combine our movies so that we can get rich together and one of us doesn't have to bring the
0: other one with Uh that. Or just stop speaking. That's great. (laughs) I love that. So final, final thoughts. What for us aged well and what aged like Blockbuster?
1: I think we talked about a lot of it, but I think it held up mostly okay because the problematic parts and characters were supposed to be problematic. So like, Watching it now, the things that Marsha Brady said were obviously terrible, but they were always supposed to be terrible.
0: Yes, but I will say there were parts that you were like, am I supposed to be siding with the raper? Am I supposed to feel bad for the racist? Like, as the girls are starting to realize the impact of their power. There's this element in which we're supposed to as viewers mm-hmm. see these people suffering and do I need to be like oh the raper got thrown out the window or like oh she was super racist and now she's lost her hair like Potato, potato. That's true. I think that's the big difference between the 90s and the 2000s movies we cover in terms of like just the general like themes and plots and acceptability. I think that like it could have been done better even like 10 years later of like what they were trying to do. I think it's great that they made that change and that they like were trying to tackle these big issues. But also it was like in terms of like women empowerment, like this on paper, is like a feminist film. Yeah. Except that all of the female friendships are toxic in a way that (laughs) is very 90s. Like, okay, well, the whiny white bitch with no personality wins, so (laughs) girl power, we got him, we won. (sighs) Didn't mean to destroy that for you there.
1: No, you didn't destroy it. It's just sometimes you're smarter than me. (laughs) So when I'm not ready for it, my brain isn't ready to work like that often but i will
0: say the things that aged well the cast the fact that they were willing to tackle these issues and again the fashion for spooky season like it's so funny it's to true. see like this could be any tiktok star at the moment and there is something about these 90 witchy movies that i don't give a fuck how bad they age I'm going to watch them year after year after year. I love them.
1: I love them. <laughs> and you said the cast already, but they really lucked out because this was May 96 and Scream was December 96. So Billy and Sydney were both in this. That is definitely why I think it became, it did okay. 10 million dollars it did okay in the movie theater but i think the reason it's a cult classic is because a couple of them went to be brighter stars like Marsha brady Mm -hmm.
0: or christina (laughs) applegate who knows
1: (laughs) Whoever. whoever so next week we will be covering the faculty which i only saw once when it first came out and then never again because i thought the cast was too uh Real looking, so I just did a rewatch this week in anticipation of next week's episode, and I love it.
0: Oh, I'm so glad because I am obsessed with the faculty. I oh, love so it. Good. I love it. I love it. Ah, oh, I'm so excited, and we will have a guest. We will have a guest <laughs> we next will. week.
1: This is just to scare you, and I hope. It Boo, bitch! You. All right, we'll talk to you later. Love, love you like, like a sister. sister. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am the Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at realdonnywood on Instagram and TikTok.
0: And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am the Cute One, head to patreon.com slash iamthecuteone.
1: And go to iamthecuteone.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you you later. later. Love you like a a sister. sister.